It's the end of the world as we know it. Well, have a nap. It's the end of the world as we know it. WCF, mate. And it's time for a special episode of Plugin Missing. Alaska can come to it. And I feel fine. Welcome to Plug-In Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash animations, webtoons, and shorts we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, the early 2000s. I'm Paul Reberg, and with me is my co-host... John Ward. (laughs) (laughs) Great, and today we are also joined by friend of the show, Janine Winfrey, for a special episode. Janine, could you please tell us where you're joining us from? Well, I am joining y'all from New York, even though, as you can tell by my usage of y'all, I am not from New York, I'm from Tennessee. (laughs) Um, I am from the podcast, uh, Guess What You're Gonna Hate, which is also a 2000-centered podcast, wherein usually my co-host, Kate, introduces me to something from the 2000s that I missed out on, because I was too busy listening to what you guys do on your podcast, which is Flash Animation. (laughs) Spending too much time on the computer means I missed out on movies, TV shows, music, all that kind of stuff. So all the guests and my co-host introduce me to media that I was not aware of before, and they never show me good stuff, guys. It's always bad stuff. <laughs> um, There might be a reason for that. <laughs> is it that the 2000s is just bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trash time for trash people. Yes, <laughs> which is why we have trash content always. Exactly. It's a super fun show, though. I actually really love it. I was a little bit out of touch during the early 2000s myself. We had dial-up internet so like, <laughs> and no cable, so I didn't see anything. So for me, it's been a lot of fun to like relive things that I sort of heard about or had no idea what people were talking about when they said the rock of love. I'm like, well, <laughs> now, as a 27-year-old, I'm figuring out what that is, and it's just as bad as I'd always <laughs> hoped. But we're, uh, we're really excited to have you with us today, and this is actually our first special episode, sort of an episode out of a series or freestanding episode. There's probably a better way to say that. But John, what are we actually looking at today? Today we're watching The End of the World, created by Jason Windsor of Albino Black Sheep in 2003. This is the 15-year anniversary of the vid. Well, it was in October 30th, if we had thought ahead on that one. (laughs) Albino Black Sheep. I remember going back to this website a lot. It's got a ton of stuff. I think it's worth probably its own episode, Paul, just because of all of the stuff that's on here. I mean, we've already covered Salad Fingers, which is on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Happy Tree Friends, uh, Cyanide and Happiness, Potter Puppet Pals, like, uh, oh yeah, and the Charlie the Unicorn shit, <laughs> like all that stuff. I mean, it was uh, a repository for all Flash animation because we didn't have YouTube. Exactly. There there was no YouTube. And there was a point in time in which websites could get big just by simply hosting media. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's really interesting. He even has like a history section on the website where he talks about how originally it was just a place where he posted his music. Mm-hmm. And then people started sending him stuff. People started sending him videos or he started posting aim chats that he had with other people. <laughs> like he'd take like he'd posting them as text files. And then eventually somebody sent him Flash Animation to host on there, and and it just sort of went from there. And he started getting into it and, and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, your only other options really at that point were, what, E-Bombs World? Funny Junk? Yeah, it was E-Bombs World, Black Sheep. Um, I think Funny Junk. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What's the what's the big one? The, uh, the one that still is sort of like a thing. Uh, shoot. It's got the tank logo, Newgrounds. Oh, yeah, Newgrounds. How could I forget Newgrounds? 
Yeah, Newgrounds would be like the, the was probably the YouTube of that mm-hmm. time. People probably thought Newgrounds was going to be like its own media corporation or something <laughs> like that, which I guess I think it's owned by GameStop now or something like that. It's owned by somebody. Yeah, and with like yeah. E-bombs world, there was all that to do about copyright issues. So, really like I know this will be something you'll say for a different time, but there were a lot of politics yeah. at play when you chose what hosting you were using. Oh, absolutely. It was uh it's so like even looking at what is currently already on Albino Black Sheet, there there is a lot of Nintendo stuff on here, which I'm surprised still is on here. And then there's also uh, just some humor that maybe as a kid I probably wouldn't have thought much about. As an adult, I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of the edge of <laughs> of what can be funny, I guess. I highly recommend going to archive.org and using the Wayback Machine to view Albino Black Sheep as it was in 2004 to and late 2003, oh which is when this was published. Because now when you go to the site, of course, it's updated to a newer, modern look, but you don't really get that mm-hmm flashback into when you first watched it if you don't look at like the original as we would say in the archiving world the object not just the content which is important i think when you're getting to that mindset of what was it like to watch these awful well i say awful but i mean you know cartoonish flash animations of the early 2000s yeah so like we we got that experience with Homestar Runner. Mm-hmm. Now not like a pure experience cuz Homestar Runner of course like has changed over time, but Homestar Runner is still a flash website mm-hmm. that has like, you know, interactive buttons <laughs> and things that play when you don't want them to play. There's no way to make it like, you know, any better than it is. Yeah. There's no pause, <laughs> there's no anything. And 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 I feel like that sort of set the tone for our experience with this. Uh but there is something wrong about watching end of the world in a youtube in video 4k like nonetheless because you can find oh, it on yes. 4, in 4k now but like thank god yeah, like a flash animation was interactive like when you go back onto the albino black sheep website through the wayback machine you can actually surprisingly mm-hmm. enough still watch the flash animation through that um for now yeah for now and so like you get to see the loading bar which is like saying like sorry it takes mm-hmm. so long but shut up about it and then uh you press the start button and then when you finish the animation there's a replay button and you can see that in the YouTube video but of course you can't click it. So yeah. I think that kind of uh, If I remember correctly the play button the like a rocket goes and hits the yeah. play button once you click on it. And on the replay yeah. button Lots it blows cool up like each letter blows up. Yeah. Which adds to it, I think. It adds to, like, the charm of it. And also insinuates that people did not watch these one time. They watched them over and over again. And I know I did. Yeah. I I would not be surprised if there isn't a four-hour cut of this this on YouTube. Uh, There should be if there isn't. I guess I guess that could be my new YouTube channel. It's just four-hour cuts of Flash videos. So do you guys remember the first time you watched this video? I don't exactly remember the first time that I saw it, but I remember it being one of the first real forays into flash Mm -hmm. animation or internet videos at all for me. I mean, we had like really bad dial up growing up, so we didn't watch a lot Mm -hmm. of anything online, but this one really like kids were talking about it. I don't remember if it was elementary school or middle school, but all the time, everybody was just end of Z world, uh, fires the missiles on the, (laughs) I guess not the playground in middle school, but yeah. What about uh, you, Janine? Uh, well, um, I want to ask, when did you finally get non-dial-up internet? That's a fair question. We switched from dial-up to satellite internet, which was supposed Ooh. to be the next big thing. When I was in high school at some point, 
Mm. To to this day, I don't think you can get broadband out in uh, rural Boonesboro, Maryland, though. You know, that's interesting. Mm, I have a very uh, similar um, perspective that way, because in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. you couldn't, especially where my dad lives, um, middle of nowhere, you couldn't get broadband, still can't, still uses satellite to this day. So um, I think we made the shift while I was in middle school. I remember because I was updating my Zanga about it at the time <laughs> and saying how excited I was to finally not have uh, dial up any longer. And I'm pretty sure that was like 2006. So yeah, like this yeah. Oh. flash animation dial up experience is something I can very much relate to. See, uh, so I remember where I saw this. Uh, I don't remember exactly the sur- the surrounding aspects of it. But it was in my uh, high school. I was taking a computer graphics class. Uh, <laughs> and since I am a digital computer graphics teacher, I, of course, was very respectful in the class and was a perfect student. Uh, <laughs> in reality, I spent most of the time finishing the assignments as quickly as possible and then fucking around on the internet, <laughs> which none of my students do, of course. None of them. No, never. So, so basically, uh, yeah, I remember watching it there uh, on an, you know, a candy colored iMac <laughs> in uh, what used to be a closet, like a storage room in uh, Walkersville High School yeah. in uh, 2003. So that is definitely, that is definitely the, the experience that I had. Now, they did have, I believe, like some sort of like, uh, you know, constant network connection mm-hmm. so it was it was pretty fast and i think that's why we watched a yeah. lot of stuff in the yeah so, same with me school. like i mean uh pretty much we did all the rush so you had like a little bit of a window from when classes got out to when the buses left mm-hmm. we'd rush to the library mm-hmm. get on those bulky crt monitors and go to mm-hmm. weebles stuff or albino black sheep <laughs> or Newgrounds and just watch whatever was new and similar yep. to what you had said earlier uh they everyone was quoting it so, like, people would just quote it and then, like, you don't know what I'm talking about? Come here, I'll show you. And, like, we'd run to the library oh, yeah. and watch it. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect medium for the time. And, and like, a lot of uh, the articles and stuff that I've read on this attribute this to one of the first viral videos online. But I think it's definitely one of the most memorable early viral videos. Like, uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of quotes inside of it. It's not just a 30, like it's, it's not particularly long, but it's long enough that it gets like probably three or four memorable things that you can say, mm-hmm. you know, tiny little like quips or just pretend to be French for a second, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Even the voice, just having the voice is, is quotable. Yes. The FX definitely. Speaking of the quotable voice though, let's start talking about the actual clip a little bit. John, do you want to start off telling us a little bit about the style of animation here? So it's very much sort of like a straightforward drawn as as it's as it like as something is important it is drawn. Uh, a lot of the times the narrator are there two narrators? There's kind of two narrators. There it starts off with kind of two narrators and then it sort of combines into one narrator. Uh, <laughs> it's like one person talking to another person about the end of the world and then as they go, the images change, but there's very limited animation. A lot of it's uh, like objects moving across the screen, that sort of stuff. And most of the time, it's simply things appearing or disappearing, but like with style. Like, like it wasn't that it was cheap. It was more like it was a it was a style in and of itself. Like, it, of course, it, it was cheap. Like, it would cost more to animate everything. But like, for instance, uh, things would fade out instead of just cutting out to give a different appearance, that sort of stuff. Um, but a lot of the times what the, uh, narrators are saying would actually appear on 
the screen. So there'd be a lot of words and a lot of like scribbling stuff out or writing stuff in, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we talk about the animation and all of it. I'm sorry, I just wanted to say, okay, so I had nothing else to follow it up with. All right. Well, I I actually like that this video starts out naming all the potential ways that the human race could could die. You know, that's a nice light way to start. I thought we could go through that really quick. So the ice caps could melt. Check. Mm -hmm. That's happening. Meteors could become crashed into us. (laughs) It could happen. Yeah. Yep. The ozone layer leaving, the sun exploding, or we blow ourselves up. So I wanted to put you on the spot, Janine, and say, which of these do you think is most likely? I mean, definitely it's got to be the blowing. He called it. It's blowing each other up. It's got to be. Yeah, I think so. I don't think this has gotten any less likely since this was created in, what was it, 2003? Yeah. Though, I mean, they didn't, didn't yeah. they just have that article out that said, like, the climate change, we will not be able to go back um, in, like, 10 years? So we're getting into that window. If we're going to blow each other up, yeah. we've got to do it soon. I well, think, you- I personally think disease from global climate change is what's going to kill us all. <laughs> I mean, that's possible, but Janine, it sounded for a minute like you were advocating that we should blow ourselves up now while we're riding high before climate change makes it worse. Is that is that what you're going uh, for? I have no comment on the matter. Okay, fair. All right. Well, we'll just save this for the uh, for the trial. <laughs> I think that um, considering every episode of my podcast, I say there's a new crime that my audience should commit. If I'm going on trial, oh. it's for a lot of things. <laughs> Touche, touche. Inciting <laughs> violence. Inciting that we blow everyone up. You know, speciesicide. It's fine. Well, there's there's two things that we were talking about, actually, before we hit record. Um, one was that this is a much more political cartoon than we realized when we were seeing it for the first time. And the second is that it's kind of a little bit racist. Why don't, why don't we start with the first, though? I mean, this is so much more political and like accurate than i remember he accurately names out the different countries that have a nuclear arsenal which is kind of jarring to look at now but when i was what 13 didn't even phase me Mm -hmm. yeah it just felt like a big joke it was like oh this is funny this would never happen even though we were kind of going through that whole uh you know cold war scare like all over again or even from before then Mm -hmm. you know uh, during the world wars like we're having this like cycle of like, hey, remember that everyone has this stuff that could kill all of us? Like we go through that cycle every like 10, 15 years. And then like during the Iraq war, it was kind of like if you were under a certain age, I guess because the teachers knew how scared they had been when they were younger, they didn't want to put that same fear in you. So it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like that could actually do anything to you. You know, some... But also kind of turned out not to be real. Exactly. The other side of Exactly. It. So it's very interesting that way. But even just beyond, like, the Iraq war itself, like, there are still nuclear missiles out there and people still got them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're just kind of forgetting that because, you know, it's not something you want to live with every day. So... Yeah, and I think I think that that actually like shows like a lot on like my own sort of idea of what nuclear missiles are because I feel like I grew up in that era where I was so scared of them for a while only to find out that that Iraq didn't have nuclear weapons and that it was, you know, not true. Uh and so then I realized, wait, there can be we cannot know these things and then all of a sudden now I don't know if I have a rational fear or an irrational fear of anything mm-hmm. like it, it's this weird sort of like 
neurosis that, <laughs> that I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, don't be afraid about that. Because I'm like, you know, it could all be fake anyway. Hey, do you want to give me something for Which... you to be irrationally afraid of? Because I can do that. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So when I went through this museum in D.C., so if I remember correctly, one of you is in D.C., so you can go take a walk through this museum. It's the Spy Museum. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, they talked about how America could be totally destabilized. And they said, if you just take down our really old, outdated power systems... Uh, which you could very easily do through an EMP bomb mm-hmm. or like just, you know, messing with the software, we'd all die. So <laughs> just know that at any moment, if uh, our incredibly outdated and antiquated um, electrical system goes out, then we're done. Oh, yeah. I grew up downwind of Fort Detrick, which is where Outbreak, that is, that's the that's the base where Outbreak happens because <laughs> it's the uh, biochemical testing facility. And then there's, uh, yeah, EMPs, nukes, oh, good lord. Yeah, um, in East Tennessee, where I usually live when I'm not in school, I'm like mm-hmm. 30 minutes away from Y-12 National Security Complex, where they did the Manhattan oh, Project. And mm-hmm. yeah, so like, and they came under fire. So you're already probably, you're probably dead walking. Yeah, right? I mean, like you're any already, moment. You're already a radio. It, it's like people are, you know, like in movies when they target the big cities, like for bombs. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm fine. I live in Tennessee. And it's like, wait a minute. Why wouldn't they target that gigantic <laughs> Y-12 national security complex right there? And I'm, yeah. I don't know if we should include that because I'll probably get put on a list for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we'll just uh, redact this yeah. whole segment. It's fine. Redact it. <laughs> You'll just hear black bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that very light note, let's turn to racist caricatures that are included in things we uh, loved as children. I mean, w- which is your favorite sort of caricature we see? I actually really like the Australian because it's so spot on <laughs> for like the non-offensive Australian stereotypes that you hear. Yeah. I'm just well, a little out of it in kangaroo heavy. Yeah, and and like I I know that we're not going to talk about the sequel, but I feel like in the sequel he references Australia as being like still WTF, except, except I think Australia is only WTF in terms of nukes. Uh, they're still like an incredibly conservative and whack like wackadoo country. <laughs> like 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 uh you know like they they can be all WTF about nukes as they want, but like. Uh, yeah <laughs> there's other stuff that 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 australia like is not 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 that progressive on. i mean how about the fact that in the scene is it a scene i don't know in the shot where where it's supposedly those chinese sons of bitches it's a japanese yes. flag <laughs> yes it is a and they're also in like a stereotypical sort of sauna like uh japanese sauna sort of thing yeah. so so it feels very like it's supposed to be japan yeah but the joke is he said china uh which is just not good uh i like i i remember seeing that as a kid and being like oh it's the joke is that he's mixing up because people are stupid and ignorant but now i realize like i I don't i don't know if i can say that you know what i mean like i don't know what the joke is anymore i do i i don't know i don't think it's like racist because it's just french people but i do love the stereotype (laughs) with the french woman and like the armpit hair I don't know. That always mm-hmm. makes me there laugh when I see it. that one because she's like yes. smoking and there's like he made the detail of armpit hair coming out. And it was like, OK, that's pretty funny. I, I do like that that he does out himself as a Californian because it, it does sort of like at least I'm assuming by like when the narrator says we in California don't have much, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. 
because I, I do feel like this is very much an American perspective. Like, like uh, he could have easily have been like, there's a lot of people that are, that will comment on American politics and stuff like that, regardless, uh, especially the Iraq war and other things and nuclear destabilization. It, it, it does sort of feel like the perspective I had as a kid. Like it did, it did hook into my brain the like in a very like American perspective of the time. I feel. Yeah. I definitely agree with like you. Like the there. French are just lazy. <laughs> Do you guys remember Freedom Fries? <laughs> yes. Yes. Mhm. Yep. Jeez. Do we need to explain yep. Freedom Fries for people who don't know that? Probably. Uh I mean, I don't remember exactly the political climate around it, but from as what I understand, France would not help us in the war effort in the way that we wanted. And so angry Tea Party patriots were like, well, we're not going to call them French fries or French toast anymore. It's going to be freedom fries. It's going to be freedom toast. And France did not care. Why would France care? They didn't give a shit at all. But did they make that change in y'all's like cafeterias in high school or middle school or wherever it was? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they explicitly made it. But one of my friends. we we did. Oh, you did? You did. I had freedom fries with my lunch. I'm an American. Oh, my God. Oh my god, Paul, that's so Boonesboro. Isn't it though? It's pretty bad. One of my friends worked at McDonald's and got in trouble because she offered a, a customer freedom fries instead of french fries. Oh. And they like <laughs> freaked out and yelled at her and she almost got fired. Wow. <laughs> I feel like today you could get away with doing it as like as like a hipster joke. Yeah. Like, like a throwback to the That's what she was trying like to do. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's weird. It, it's a weird weird time i mean like there's a lot of stupid stuff that we've done when we get upset at things but uh, renaming food that has nothing to do with the country (laughs) we're trying to diss like it just doesn't no so do you think the impact would have been different if we had freedom bread instead of french bread i don't think so because they don't consider our baguettes to be like real bread anyway i wouldn't think Yeah, well, I think, like, anytime, uh, so, like, my cousins and stuff, when they visit, I've always heard, like, the bread tastes like, like, dessert. Like, it tastes really sweet because of all the sugar we put in mm-hmm. it. So I wouldn't be surprised if the French don't have some sort of, like, official government organization that measures, like, what <laughs> oh, they goes do. into bread. They do, the oh. same way with wine. If it has more than three ingredients in it, it's not a baguette. So if it's not, was it salt, um, flour, and butter, I think? Yeah, probably. S- something like that. Yeast. Yeah. Okay, four ingredients. <laughs> water, maybe? <laughs> I think okay. salt, water, and yeast are the only... Uh, salt, water, flour, and yeast are the only four things that actually have to go into bread. Salt, water, and yeast would be really awful. <laughs> I don't want to think about <laughs> that. <laughs> no, that's Australian stuff. <laughs> Guys, I feel like we own apology to our two Australian listeners. <laughs> uh, we should We should say something about Sweden while we have the one Sweden listener that... that that seems to download our podcast. <laughs> uh, on Toxie? No, no. That's, 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 that's finished. Sorry. Damn, close. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing that I wanted to talk about was California breaking off from the United States. Remember in the 2000s, we talked about this a lot, how California was going to, there's going to be an earthquake and they were actually going to drift away. Like this was a real concern <laughs> that people Oh, yeah. Had. There's like movies on this, right? Isn't that what yeah. San Andreas is about? I thought that was about The Rock taking his shirt off. Oh, I mean, both it can, things Yeah, can it be can true. be about both. Mm. i mean what do you think causes the earthquake fall <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> he flexes his pecs and we're all doomed oh yeah i mean aren't we already well that's according fair. to this yes 
I mean, uh, what is it? In uh, Moana, he could have broken California off from the coast. That's true. It's a sort of demigod sort of thing he could have done. He also played Hercules, didn't he? No. <laughs> what? Didn't he play Hercules in a movie? Oh, maybe maybe in a movie. Yeah, I could see that. But not like not like Hercules as in the Disney character Hercules. Yeah, or Hercules the TV show. You remember that? Oh yeah, no, that was played by uh, oh, the damn. Beastmaster guy. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys uh have you guys talked about Hercules the TV show yet? No, we haven't. Do you want to talk about it on the show sometime? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Very much. <laughs> Uh, or Charmed. Uh, that's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good, too. All right. Well, we, we've gone a bit long, but that's fine. I wanted to wrap it up, guys, with a moral of the story. As you know, every week we like to assign one, and there's plenty of fodder here. John, do you want to start with your moral? Uh, sure. Uh, the moral of my story is uh, we're all fucked. <laughs> it's pretty good. Jane, yep. <laughs> what about you? The moral, I think, here is actually understated. And I believe that the true villain in this whole plot, this whole Flash animation, are the kangaroos. And we shouldn't trust kangaroos. <laughs> because like you said, Mm-mm. you know, they go like, oh, it's WTF, mate. But is it really? Or is it really their fault? <laughs> I mean, they are weird, like, horror beasts. Exactly. Like, yeah. And they can only be tamed like... one way, which is by holding out a pillowcase and letting them jump into it. I mean, that's their mm-hmm. only weakness. Yeah. Well, see, no, they're see kids children. So... Oh my god, yes. No, no, thank you. Wait, is that a 2000 yes, movie? Yes, it is. And uh, I'm sad to say that when that movie came out, I rented out the theater because it came out on my birthday and had a party for it, and it was an oh, awful, no. awful movie. Wow. Uh, so I think tragic. I... We did not rent out the theater because, uh, fuck, I didn't even know you could do that as a kid. <laughs> it was a small um, town theater, also, for... so... Also poor as hell, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, the the uh, we did go to see uh, Big Mama's house on, on one of my birthdays. As a kid. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, no, that was mwah, chef chef kiss. You know that movie. Well, my moral of the story is just that Australia wants to be involved. That's all they really want. That's because yeah, they're in nukes. charge because the kangaroos. Ooh, yeah. he's under connections between morals, so it has to be true. <laughs> I do think it's really funny that you guys end with a moral every episode, and we end with a crime every episode, so it feels like we're just chaotic <laughs> energies on both sides of this moral spectrum. Oh, yeah. Well, we are we are the paladins of the early 2000s. Uh, <laughs> we're just the, <laughs> nerd cats. the trash panda queens, like, just the guardians of go. the garbage cans. Yeah, just doing crimes, uh, <laughs> watching trash. Like little two thousands gremlins. And, yeah, and we try and lift lift the medium <laughs> well beyond its its uh its intended use. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. <laughs> thanks so much for having me and my evil energy, which I will surely yeah, spread into your uh future episodes and maybe you won't have such a clear moral after all. Oh, we've we've been corrupted exactly. and I think I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, listener at home, uh, want to stay involved with the cast, you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you do, and you let us know on Twitter or via our email, I will record you a personal jingle for whatever you want that you can use for your podcast ringtone or laugh at once and then delete. <laughs> uh, Janine, do you want to give us one final plug for where folks can find your podcast? Absolutely. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you download podcasts at Guess What You're Going to Hate. You can find our website, hatepodcast.com, and anywhere on social media at hatepodcast, as well as on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. And I was really happy to be able to join you guys and talk more about 2000s nostalgia. 
Awesome. It was yeah. a lot it was a pleasure of fun. To have yeah. you. It was a lot of fun. All right. Well, y'all at home, you can contact us on well on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing. Email us at pluginmissingpod at gmail.com or check out pluginmissing.com for more information on the podcast, upcoming episodes, and that kind of thing. This episode was co-hosted by John Ward, Paul Rebrook, and Janine Winfrey. Produced by John Ward with music by me, Paul Rebrook. Come back next week where we're going to ask you... Would you like to update Flash? <laughs> we're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes. Okay, so I just had a really quick comment before we wrap things up. And that is, as a archivist, because I'm an audiovisual archivist studying film preservation in Rochester, New York, I was watching this and thinking about how integral it was to, like, so many people's lives, like, to their understanding of, like, comedy, to what I think Broad City referred to as random core in one episode and specifically named this animation. And I just began to think, who's archiving these flash animations i don't think anybody is i think that's the problem yeah and it's a it's a real shame because i mean you remember when like a few weeks ago or maybe even a week ago uh youtube went down yep and yeah. so like right now it's just being housed on youtube in 4k like i said which is very impressive but <laughs> you know who's making sure that these things are kept alive i think we need to think more about that in the media we consume and the stuff that's influential to us, especially in digital formats, and wonder, you know, who's going to make sure this is still around, for better or for yeah. worse. And, for like, it's also interesting because, like, YouTube is not actually archiving it because... Uh, so, like, these, these animations are originally in a vector format, so mm -hmm. they're, you know, computer data, not, like, video. Exactly. And, and so, like, you lose that information that's why that's why it can be shot in 4k because it's just you know points in space they can put them <laughs> how, wherever they want but like uh and so the interactivity and stuff and uh, i've also thought the same thing because you know we both love games uh, I, like i'm sure you know everybody loves games yeah uh and uh, i was playing on uh on the um albino black sheep i was playing the golf the putting game <laughs> that i remembered like earlier this morning because it's like oh yeah albino black sheep one of those and then like i went through the entire game <laughs> just sitting there <laughs> and i was like without flash i would not be able to do this anymore yeah there's no way to do that on youtube yeah uh, i yet, mean I that's why things like the wayback machine are so important that you can actually go back and see what it looked like back in 2004 like how the flash animation was housed and actually do the interactive capability which is why when we talk about and yes there are video game archivists in case any of you guys are are wondering about that um yes. there's video game history uh let me make sure i've got the name of it video game history foundation i just want to make sure i've got the right name yeah the video yep. game history foundation uh by frank cafaldi or cafaldi yep yeah um and uh there are people out there asking those questions about how can we emulate things and and keep things for future generations and i know it's just a silly flash animation and you know it it's not like the i don't know it's not like leonardo da vinci's work or anything like that but yeah. it is something that like we we all have a story about watching it and how it kind of impacted us in different ways and i think it's something that we need to consider about where's it going to be in another 15 years yeah and in the um in the interview that i read uh recently about uh specifically uh 
the creator's newest uh the the sequel to this that he created uh based on the trump administration uh he even talks about how he hadn't worked in flash for years because uh it's not even called adobe flash anymore it's called adobe animate because it's kind of a dead program and he's a professional animator like like, (laughs) so so like even people who are professionals who work in this industry who are like are his end of the world is still on his portfolio page on his personal website uh where you know clients see this and they're like oh he's that guy cool let's hire him which is awesome <laughs> uh you know more more work for animators true you know but, uh, there's actually a um a 20 year old in new york called tyler grant who is archiving um flash advertisements Ooh. Yeah, it's like, like old the flash click, banner. Click ads. on this button, shoot yes. this target or something. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if people are looking at wow. doing that, we need to think about what's going to happen to these, and yeah. you know, not just like keeping the content, like I said, but then also like housing the object in some sort of wrapper or emulator, and that's something we've got to think about. I know it's heavy for a comedy podcast, but just consider donating to you know archive.org or anything that houses media and preserves it for future generations because it's something we have to consider hell yeah that's awesome thank you thanks